0: Welcome to Live Well, Be Well, a show to help high performers improve their health and wellbeing. In a world that can focus on negativity, it's more important than ever to embrace gratitude and discover its transformative effects on our lives and minds. With many studies showing the profound impact of gratitude on our mental and physical well-being, it's time to shift our perspective and celebrate the small wins where gratitude can really pave the way to success. For this conversation, Alex and Mimi Icon welcome me into their beautiful London home. Leading entrepreneurs in life design and personal transformation, They're the masterminds behind the Five Minute Journal, a powerful daily gratitude practice with over 1.7 million copies sold, built on proven principles of positive psychology. And today we're unraveling the secrets to unlocking that reality. This conversation has the potential to spark transformation in your life. So are you ready to embrace it? I started off my year actually with gratitude practice to dedicate as a new habit. Um, But what I've realised from doing that is, even though I love it when I'm writing down things that I'm grateful for, what I've noticed is that what benefits me is that when actually I reflect back on a time when I've actually received things, and I found that to be even more of a superpower in my gratitude practice.
1: I think uh, what you said is very important. Is that Uh, practice, any practice, a habit practice, as we chatted about, or uh, a gratitude practice, it's a personal, individual approach. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think what makes gratitude more powerful is if you actually take the moment to feel that emotion. And for me, um, uh, gratitude really started with a very dark period of my life. And the reason I wanna share with you is because a lot of times people associate gratitude with when it's like, oh, you're happy and, and, and ever l- lucky. And then that's uh, how, why you should be grateful is when moments are all great and shiny. The reality is we need gratitude when times get tough, when times get challenging. And that is personally when I discovered gratitude myself, is actually when my father passed away. And in that moment, um, of death and darkness and and grief, you realize there's two pathways that I can take. I can take the pathway of light or I can take the pathway of darkness. And the pathway of darkness is thinking of what was taken away from me, what I don't have anymore, uh, what is not enough in my life anymore. I discovered gratitude as a way, as a practice that what did i have or what do i have in this moment well number one i'm alive i'm still here Mm -hmm. i get to live on number two is i had a father i I can be grateful and appreciative for having that figure in my life maybe it was not perfect but i still had him. many people don't even have fathers in their life so what i'm trying to communicate is that gratitude uh, is really the importance of that practice and especially for me is in helping you understand and have that emotion of appreciation into your everyday life and that doesn't mean you're gonna have a smile you know from left right to here but it's gonna be more of a feeling that you have inside of wow you know i am appreciative and it's really as we spoke about it, it's a feeling to have versus a thought to to have in your mind
0: we're talking about this in the context of today a lot of people are now starting to become very self-aware of gratitude practices, mental health, the importance of self-awareness. But going back those years ago, this wasn't a common thing. So how did that even come into your life? Because one, that's such a wise thing to think about at the age of 17 in a very traumatic moment. But it also wasn't that readily available. I know it's a free thought process, but actually the information to inject that into your life is very different from then to now. So I'd love to know how you got to that path of discovery.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, it can be a very uh, divisive figure for some, mm-hmm. uh, but Tony Robbins, he gave our, my, to my mom personal power to tapes. So Tony Robbins has this thing, personal power too, like cassette tapes. A lot of people probably listening don't even know what cassette tapes, tapes are. And it was my first introduction to this whole world of mindset about gratitude. And he would have this thing called hour uh, of power. So every morning, get up, you know, have your shoes ready, Get active. Get outside the house. Be grateful. Go for a gratitude walk. Uh, say all the things you're grateful for in life that you have and you don't have. And that was really, I'd say, you know, there's many things that inspired, uh, let's say, us and then creating the five-minute journal. Uh, but it definitely was those moments of going out for gratitude walks with Mimi, right? It was, I love uh, this story. <laughs> yeah. So um, and when we when we also had nothing even later on. But my earlier introduction to gratitude was that it was like, what is this idea of going for a gratitude walk, of going outside and saying things out loud, which people probably think you're crazy. That's why it's easier to do it when you're (laughs) with a couple (laughs) of of the things that you're grateful for. And so for me, those personal power two tapes came earlier than when things started going downhill. Um, And why I want to bring this up, I think it's so important, is that when you do these mindful practices, you may do them in times of difficulty. However, they can also help you prepare for times of difficulty and challenges and help you overcome those better. It's the same way you know people go to the gym to train their muscles and, um, and their body to be strong, or you eat as well, well uh, clean to make sure to look after your body so that you don't get sick. And I believe with mindful practices such as gratitude, Life will throw you challenges and we'll all, you know, have either already come across them or we'll, we'll you know, come across them again. Those practices will help us overcome. So in those moments when I was dealing with a lot of grief and at the same time I also had, you know, I had an injury around the same time. And I, had, I was, said I was going to be disabled. My arm wouldn't move. And in those moments, once again, you have a choice to go dark and, and be a victim. You then have also a choice of what can I do in order to not go deeper in that dark hole, mm-hmm. and that's where gratitude really came. It was like, okay, what can I see? What can I appreciate in these moments? Hopefully, this podcast of people listening, maybe they haven't come across of actually needing to have that practice in your everyday. Uh, you know, one of the things that we refer to the sort of five minute journal as a toothbrush for your mind. And, you know, you brush, we brush our morning, hopefully, every morning and night. How come we don't have a practice as, as a human collective to take care of our mind? That when we wake up in the morning and when we go to sleep, we train and take care of our mind. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be the five-minute journal. You can have your own little practice. You can have a little notebook on the side of your bed where as soon as you wake up, you just write three things you're grateful for and you b- before you go to sleep, you write, what are some great things that happened today? So just deframing your mind on the good Uh, And that's why I think overall, the five-minute journal has resonated with so many people. Because it's a simple practice that doesn't take long. The same thing like brushing our teeth, even though sometimes we also skip out on brushing our teeth and trying to do as fast as possible. But if we do it well and take that two and a half minutes in the morning and and two and a half minutes at night, it may just change your life.
2: Mm And I think for those people who are skeptical, I want to share a little story. Years ago, I came across this practice called the heart math. Have you heard about it? No, I haven't. So it's really cool because you can also get a tool that you attach to your earlobe and to your phone. And they want you to go back into your memory and relive any moments of joy and Um, excitement, anything that made you happy. You go back into the past, you relive these moments. And as you do, you can look at how it affects the coherence of your heart. Because our heart beats at different intervals. When we're happy than when we're sad or angry or fearful, the coherence changes. And the coolest thing about this app that you can download and the device that you can do is for anybody who is skeptical and likes to ask questions like myself, you can see it live working. As a fearful thought comes to your mind, you can see it completely changes your heart coherence. And as you go back into the gratitude and all the good feelings, again, it changes it in a positive way. And to me, that was a great proof and evidence that gratitude does work and I love that you do it in a similar way (laughs) I do honestly it's like finding what works for you and I think coming
0: across this notion that I need to remember more of the positive things that happened through my day as opposed to the negative things is really powerful because we have this tendency to latch on and it's a human instinct right we're like We're built for survival. So anything that negative comes our way, we need to try and handle in survival mode, but we forget those positive things. And it's not that I don't acknowledge them in that moment. I do, but the things that I remember seem to be the negatives. So having that moment where I was reverting back in my practice, which wasn't just kind of like, what am I grateful for? It's like, no, what gratitude have I received? That was so powerful to me. And then the more I looked into it, when we actually received, remember and revert back to receiving that thanks. It actually works with the neuromodulator serotonin and this is our happy hormone. Um, And when we can start, when I can start understanding the physiological process that's happening within our body is actually making our serotonin happy hormone work in our bodies. You're like, wow, this is actually making a real change. Um, And so I found that really interesting and that's why when Alex, you told me, you know, when we first met about you and Mimi going on these gratitude walks, I was like, you're reflecting back on these moments. And it is actually scientifically changing the way that you're feeling.
1: Yeah, no, my I think to add on uh, to that, I really believe that your thoughts and your mindset, they shape and create your reality. And I think we often forget this, that we just think we just end up somewhere. And that's how we live our lives. Before we create the reality, it is first in our minds. So even the same thing in regards to the whole world that we live in, that we're shaped by, uh-huh. was in somebody's mind before. Think about it. It was in somebody's thought, an idea. Hey, it would be great to have some uh, recording devices for our voice. And I remember even the history, right, of, of microphones and, and and cameras. Somebody thought about this and and created this reality. Well. If we as humans can create technology, artificial intelligence, cameras, Wi-Fi, internet, planes with our thoughts, what makes you think that we can create our life in terms of our everyday feeling and state that we have? And we sometimes focus on the external things and material that we can create. Mm -hmm. However, the feeling and emotions, we can create those as well. And that's why it's so important to take that responsibility of our thoughts and ideas and our mindset to be able to shape and create our lives.
0: It's interesting that you just mentioned the word there, responsibility. Can you um, explain a bit more on that for me, please? Because I think people might listen to that and go, well, I am responsible. I'd love you to explain a bit more about how being and taking responsibility for yourself can have actually such a dramatic effect.
1: Yeah, I think for me in my life, it has shaped me to create the reality that i now live in and it came from also fairly you know not a uh, happiest of places i was coming home one night and i grew up you know as an immigrant in, in canada and my parents actually also divorced when uh, when they immigrated because being you know coming to a new place not knowing the language can be very difficult on the relationship as well and also not having money uh, my parents divorced and i was Coming home, walking from my junior high school, and I just felt, you know, that moment of victimhood. And I think we all felt it where we just want to feel sorry for ourselves. Just how bad everything is. How I don't really have a father. I, my mother is always working. We're on welfare pretty much. She's working night shifts. We never have enough money. Um, I'm coming home to an empty house and I'm probably just going to make myself pasta as this teenager. I don't really have friends. I'm a loser. All this negativity and, and thoughts that just like raining down on me in that moment. And in that moment, I kind of just looked up <laughs> in the sky and like, and just wanted to like feel bad for myself. And I think often we just want to have that moment. And I had that moment. But after that moment, I said, you know what? No one cares about me. And once again, it's a very victim type of uh, thought and idea. No one cares about me. But me. I can choose and care about myself if there's anybody who can create the reality that i live in should be me i shouldn't blame my parents or the government or the trauma of my childhood whatever has shaped me what can i start doing now to create that tomorrow and intelligent change our, our company we have this little slogan that we have thank yesterday love today create tomorrow and it still rings so true even from that moment i think it was one of the kind of defining pillar moments in my life when i thank yesterday even the bad stuff that has happened to me how can i love today what is happening today what, what is in my power to do today and how can i create tomorrow and it doesn't mean that hey my life changed and all of a sudden i i've you know everything uh, was straight on up from that moment The reality is, of course, I would still have my downs and I would go even further down. Sometimes we have to hit rock, rock bottom. And we don't even know where that rock bottom is. We hit even more rock bottom. However, that moment was when I started taking and looking at my life and stopped blaming others for my reality. And I started taking responsibility for my ability to respond to whatever situations in life. Throws at me, and this is why it was super important for my life after that. And and taking each moment, doing the little practices of gratitude or whatever it might be, to then cha- change and shift my reality.
0: Mm. I mean, my gosh, having that moment at thirteen is mind blowing. You're definitely an old soul in that context because I'm like at 13 I would just never have popped into my head but it's and I think for many people listening to this you know having that realization that we can have responsibility and love ourselves and it can sound so cliche isn't it? you must love yourself before you love somebody else but it's it's true that self-compassion is such a big moment and I guess you've had such a rich journey into this, Alex. And I guess when you met Mimi, like how did you respond to this? Like how has it impacted your relationship?
2: I was lucky that I grew up with a mother who was very much into self-growth. So Mm -hmm. from an early age, I was exposed to a lot of these concepts. But I would say gratitude is something that Alex specifically introduced to me through the work of Tony Robbins. And uh, one of the things that Tony Robbins recommends is that going out for a walk every morning, going for an hour of power, and at the time, we were both unemployed, so we had the time to do it. And I remember we'd go out together, you know, um, and first start with saying all the things we're grateful for that we did have. And, you know, it could be our the eyesight, the body that we're able to move and and see and hear. And then, you know, grateful for each other, grateful for our family. And then the cool part about gratitude is also the manifestation part, is being grateful for things that you don't yet have, but saying it in the present tense as if you already have them. So we would say things like, "We're grateful for our successful business that brings millions of dollars," because at the moment, at that moment, we didn't have financial abundance, and that we get to travel the world, and we have all these friends who are also entrepreneurs, and. Um, You know, one of Alex's dreams was to meet Richard Branson and literally two years later, he was on his island. Like all these things that for us at that moment would be unthinkable dreams. Mm. And I remember we were both unemployed at the moment. My dad would call me and be like, how's your day? What are you doing? And I would be like, oh, we're on this gratitude walk. And then there would be like that silence. (laughs) And he would say, you guys need to get a job. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? We believed in it. And now we know it works because we're, we've completely transformed Mm -hmm. and designed and are living the life of our dreams. And of course, the one hour walk wasn't sustainable. That's why... Partly we created the five-minute journal that we never have excuses now not to practice this mindset of abundance and gratitude that every day anybody can have five minutes a day. And if you don't want to journal, that's okay. You can, as you go, um, as we were talking earlier, as Alex used to go in the shower and every morning he would chant to himself, I'm grateful for my body, I'm grateful. And I would be like, what is he doing in the shower? I don't understand. And then I just discovered that was his daily habit. He would verbalize it. He would affirm it to himself. Whatever works, give it a try and see what sticks. The goal is that it sticks and becomes part of your life and a daily habit. Mm -hmm. Some concepts, it's not enough to understand. Like love is a concept, but we need to practice love. Gratitude is a concept. But if you don't practice it, you don't embody it, you Mm. don't live it. Mm. So we need to make it a practice, a daily practice. So what's your mantra right now? So one of the ones that I really love recently that I've actually heard on Instagram from this really cute 91-year-old, super energetic and inspiring woman is that every day she says that it's the best day of her life. And it's. I found it so inspiring. So now when I wake up, I say, every day, today is the best day of my life. Today is the best day of my life. And as I say that, I, I am reflecting on how my body feels, what decisions I would make if mm. I truly believe that today... In fact, it was the best day of my life. What would I do? What would I say? How would I act? Who would I see? How would I spend my time? I think we need to be more intentional about how we spend our days because we don't have forever. Many of us would like to believe that we do, but in reality... We have limited resources and time is one of them. And I think being more conscious and appreciative of how we spend our time can also transform our lives.
0: I just think it's really inspiring because there's obviously so many different ways that we can approach this, right? For me, it's like reflecting back on those moments. For you, it's waking up and saying like, today is the best day of my life. For you, it's kind of saying, well, I'm going to take onus on this responsibility of what's happening right now. Um, There's so many different ways that we can approach this. And I think that is something that's really important to also consider that if one route doesn't work for you, then... Try another. Thank you for listening to this episode so far. I want to quickly tell you about my sponsor, Arena Flowers, who I personally reached out to to sponsor this show as I've been a loyal customer of theirs for two years and I love everything about them. If you follow me, you'll see arena flowers are always around my house and they really brighten up my day. For me, a vital pillar of my self-care routine is self-love and having flowers around my house is so important for me to achieve that. If you're watching the video version of this episode, you can see spring has well and truly arrived at my house. But what sets them apart from the rest? Arena flowers are the UK's number one ethical florist. All their bouquets are hand-tied and delivered in fully recyclable or compostable packaging and free from single-use plastics. Plus their flowers are sourced from Fairtrade certified farms. So if you're ready to put a smile on someone's face and positively impact the planet at the same time, download their app now and enjoy free delivery plus 20% off your first purchase. And if it's a last minute present, make sure you order before 9 p.m. for next day delivery. And of course, you're more than welcome to send me some. For anyone who's listening to this and just goes, okay, well, this sounds great, but I feel in a really bad place right now. You know, this feels like a struggle. What advice would you do for them to cultivate just that step towards starting this?
1: Yeah, I think it's a very important question to ask. Cause there's there's still, especially if you're not practicing, there'll be skepticism about, mm-hmm. you know, this is very, especially in this country, very American and uh, you know, rah-rah. As soon as
0: you mentioned Tony Robbins, I think half yeah, the listeners were yeah, there. <laughs> exactly. And for people
1: even and I understand for some people even hearing that name, be like, Oh, he's just a motivational speaker and things like that. The reality is there's millions of people, including myself, that have been positively affected in regards to being able to actually transform and shift our reality in our life. It's not just, woo; it's reality. And it's also physiology when Mm -hmm. you're able to actually see the states of these people transform, especially as you said, high performers, athletes, who do these practices of visualizations. Mm -hmm. And so my answer to this question of how does it all start, you do have to face yourself and that identity that you want to show up as in the future Mm. because many of us are stuck in our ways of being this with this identity of who we are now of our situation at that moment so for me let's say growing up you know growing up pretty much of you know social housing kind of situation uh, being very poor i in that moment uh it would embody a poor kid that's never gonna get anywhere Instead, I chose to embody and visualize and see and create an image of what does a successful person in my mind at that time look like? What do they do? How do they act? How do they show up? What's their facial impression? How do they think of life? How do they uh, uh, you know, uh, really show up as every day? And so... The point and advice that I would give to anybody is, first, before you do any of this stuff, because your current person may be against practicing gratitude. Because like, ah, I'm not going to do that. You know, that's stupid. But who is that? Who is that voice? Where did you get that voice from? Who taught you those things? Mm-hmm. A lot of times, it's our society in our also schools that really put us in a certain box. And it's important for us to understand once again taking that responsibility that hey i can you know another great book uh, that we mentioned kind of you know mindset by carol weck talking about a fixed mindset and growth mindset understanding that i can have a growth mindset mm-hmm. i am not fixed as a person i can transform my life my mindset my thoughts because a lot of people can also be stuck in these thought loops of just constantly being so hard on them. And mm-hmm. a lot of times that voice comes from you know, their parents maybe being very hard on them and telling them how they're not enough and whatever. And for some people, it drives them and it makes them even stronger. They want that negativity because it will drive them stronger. However, for most of us, that thought loop actually just stops uh, mm-hmm. our, uh, us from taking any action of sorts, even if it's just saying one thing that you're grateful for to transform your life. And this is why I would say first, just create a vision. Create a vision of your future life, of your state, of yourself as a person. Who do you want to be? If if there was no blocks, who would you want to show up as? As we we're kids, we would imagine ourselves as superheroes. Well, here's your turn now. You're, it's not too late. We're still kids, just a little more grown up. Let's imagine your yourself in that state. And that doesn't. I'm not saying that you're gonna fly right <laughs> in that state. So, <laughs> but. Although
0: you could do, if you're not seeing those guys that have the wing...
1: Yeah. Hey, it is possible. I'm not, definitely impossible. However, even to take it to that notch of uh, using the exercise of creating that vision and reality of who do you want to be in this world. And then you understand that a lot of these people, and that's what I have learned, they have these practices. You know, entrepreneurs, the reason they, many, uh, many of them are successful, they are more optimistic they see challenges and opportunities, and they're able to transform that into value and in business. Mm-hmm. And you can, we can do, we, all as individuals can do the same thing with our lives. Mm.
0: As you're saying around that negative loop cycle that so many of us can get into, and I think every single person listening to this has been in that negative loop cycle maybe every single day, um, and it spirals. And the thing is, I think what you're trying to also implement and what you have done with a five-minute journal is retraining that. And that's what I was talking about earlier is that neuroplasticity. If you keep training the same muscle into a negative loop, it's going to get stronger. And that's your inner judge coming out every day. If you try and switch it and create new pathways, which we know from scientific research, we can do. It's a muscle. We just have to keep training it. And it's... You know, people say, oh, how long does it take to form a habit? You know, it's 66 days, it's 255 days. It's as much as you put into it. And I think, but making it sustainable is also really important, right? And so it's really easy in these conversations to think how much am I not doing? I'm listening to this and I'm not doing all of these things. But it's actually saying like, what is the one small thing that you can do, right? And it's like building it up. And I'm sure when you met Alex and, you know, hearing, you know, Having his pivotal moment at 13, you're kind of thinking, wow, I've got a lot more to learn on this. But actually just starting it, isn't that kind of also like the biggest
2: thing? What is the smallest thing that you can do? I think ultimately it all goes down to committing Mm. to make a positive change in your life. No matter what we say here today, or if you read 20 different books on self-growth, or if you get a guru, unless you choose and you decide inside of yourself that enough is enough, Mm. I no longer want to suffer. I want to change my reality, and I'm committing to it. And you might create a commitment mission statement for yourself. One of mine is, I commit to feeling great in my body all the time. Because I realize that no matter what I have externally, If I'm not feeling good inside, all of it really means nothing. So make a commitment that matters to you. Maybe it's transforming. Maybe it is transforming your body. Maybe it is seeing the good in your life and starting practicing gratitude. But once you commit to it, repeat that commitment every day and realign. You will start a habit and at one point you'll drop off. We all do. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Again, restart as I was saying earlier. Mm -hmm. But the most important thing is to Decide that you've had enough and you're going for it. Mm. What's kind of been the biggest impact
0: in your journey, would you say, for you two individually on this journey of personal growth? What's kind of the kind of biggest standout factor that you can recognize?
1: Well, the biggest factor is the reality. Mm. Is I think you can't question the transformation. I come from some little small town in, in the middle of Russia, where my parents left to, you know, create a better life for us. And even still then, being an immigrant, now being in London, in probably, you know, the best neighborhood in the world, and be able to have the freedom of time, of, of space, of reality, of uh, having an incredible relationship uh, in, our, in our lives, in our family, in our home. You know, I think Naval has this quote as... Um, a house full of love and, and a healthy body and mind that cannot be uh, bought, that must be earned. And what I wanna say that is the way you earn those things and even in the, f- the financial success as well, but especially the harder things to earn, even the, the relationship and, and the feeling of, uh, of your, how do you feel yourself that we've been speaking about. That takes, as Mimi said, dedication and practice and doing it day in and day out and committing to yourself that you will live life to your best abilities that you can. And that doesn't mean you will be overnight success where we to the state that we're in now. That journey started, as I said, in me being this boy at 13 years old, making this commitment, having lots of ups and downs, having lots of downs, and not giving up. Yep. And transforming my life to being in a state. I could have, you know, I was speaking to my mother the other day, and of course, this is an unfortunate war that's going on between Russia and Ukraine. I'm actually, my mother's Ukrainian, so I'm, you know, in a very complicated wow. situation. And... The thing that I said is the reality is I could have been like any of these uh, people dying right now on the, on the front for we don't know what. But I could have been in that situation. I don't see myself really that uh, being no different than also a person who could have ended up homeless or alcoholic. We as souls on our journey... It can take so many turns where life can give us something bad, and then it's a really our choice of what we'll make of that situation. One of my favorite anecdotes, and I'm not sure to what is how it's true or not, but the anecdote anecdote goes: There's two brothers. One went to jail. The other became super successful, and has an incredible relationship with his wife. It's an entrepreneur business. Has an incredible life. But one has a very unfortunate life one has an incredible life both grew up in the same upbringing what happened so they asked them a question how why did you turn out the way you did now and they both said the same thing my father that story is so powerful and what it means is one said I don't want to be like this guy because their father was say alcoholic jail All that stuff, abusive. So one said, I don't want to be like this person. I want to have a different life. Mm. And the other just followed the same patterns. My kind of way of approaching life is there's so many times in my life where I could have taken a turn and… You know, I, I got arrested, actually. That's another kind of story. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's an unusual that's fact re- you didn't say in the yeah, beginning. And <laughs> it was, and I was, when I was juvenile, because that time of 16, 17, oh, and that's what happens to a lot of youth, when there's a lot of difficulty in the home and their thing, they can start hanging around with wrong people, and as, as I have did. And it wasn't like anything major, but I had to go to court, do a lot stuff, do some community service. And I remember being there, in court with other juvenile youth who already decided on their fate. They decided that the society is against me. It's me against them. I'm going to be badass. And it brings kind of strong emotions to me even, even sharing this. When I was there, I was like, I don't want to be <laughs> like, like these guys. Um, I, I, I want to make sure I do things right now. So, what I'm trying to kind of communicate and say is that life is the biggest teacher of all. And it always gives you chances. Do you want to take this side or do you want to take here? Where, where will you go? And in fact, we, make, we have that opportunity each day that we wake up. And that's why I me mean, sharing today is the best day of my life. We Each morning, we can choose to take that opportunity of how am I going to live this day? So let's not even live, talk about 10 years out. How are you going to act and be this day? Because it's our you know, present that shapes our future. Mm-hmm. And even though you have, may have tried to build a habit for the last five years and you've never succeeded, well, today's another day you can give it a shot. <laughs> and today's another day you can try to have a, grat- a gratefulness practice. Or today's another day you can... Have a practice of just appreciating somebody in your life. Maybe your your father, your mother, uh, even though maybe, maybe you felt like they have mistreated you. What can you see the positive? Everyone's trying to do their best. Everyone's just going through their struggles. And including yourselves. So that's why, um, to me, it's uh, once again, just my long way of kind of communicating is saying <laughs> that today is a beautiful day and you can create that tomorrow with it. And that'll be my message.
2: Yeah, for me, it would have to be learning not to judge. And all judgment starts with self-judgment. I was about to say, the inner judge is Mm -hmm. the worst. Right? Um, The reason we judge others is because we judge ourselves. People who have learned to accept themselves tend to be very accepting of others. Everything is a reflection of self. And I grew up in a very judgmental culture. I come from uh, Baku, Azerbaijan. I spent the first 16 years of my life there. But I don't think being judgmental is exclusive to Azerbaijan. I think it's the same here in England. It's the same in most places in the world. And it is so hard to break that habit because, and once I had my child, I learned about this. Zero to six, zero to seven is that formative years of a child. And if you grow up in that upbringing, it becomes your um, subconscious mind Mm -hmm. is this, CD that you play in the in, in the mind that you almost need to like er, er, erase and rewire, and this is why, let's say, for practicing gratitude, we we'll always recommend to do it first thing in the morning when you're the closest to your subconscious mind, and right before you go to sleep, because these two times are crucial, crucial times where you can. There's lots of studies to prove this as well for those who are listening and skeptical and saying, "Yeah, right." please look into it. Google this. The first few minutes when you wake up and the first few minutes right before you go to sleep, anything you say to yourself in those moments is going to a subconscious mind. And slowly you get to rewire those patterns that are not serving you in a positive way. And I can see that now after practicing this for so many years, I have so much more love and compassion towards myself. And as I practice that with myself, I have less judgment for the rest of the world. And I always focus on what I have power to do, always focus on the solutions rather than the problems. And I see as a society, oftentimes we're still very much focused on all the things that are wrong with us. Like, oh, there's a plastic crisis, there's this crisis. Yes, there is. Fine, we can acknowledge this. But what can we do? That's the biggest question, isn't it? We waste so much time and energy focused on all the things that are wrong. But If all of us collectively sit down, think of solutions, take responsibility, we can change everything in in a matter of a year. But people avoid responsibility because it's difficult. You have to do something, right? So I think refraining refraining that within my mind has truly shifted my whole reality. And of course, great superficial benefits come with it as well, right? Like I I get to truly live the dream life not just internally by feeling better, but also externally by having incredible relationships, friendships, people like yourself, constantly yeah. coming to my life who are inspiring, who are uplifting and who reaffirm that I'm on the right path. And yeah, it starts with daily practice. You have to make that commitment and choice that you want a better life for yourself.
1: I wanna, I wanna just add one thing, which is uh, I believe very important, is that us in sharing our journey, uh, and coming from humble beginnings, we want to communicate to people listening and and watching this that we're not special. That's something that I you know think about, uh, and it might be like weird, but it's it's understanding that we're all going through this human experience, and that us going through our own transformation and be able to create you know the life that we've envisioned for ourselves, that other individuals can also create their reality and shape it through these kind of practices whether it be it's in your uh, career in your business in your personal relationship especially right now you know it's a difficult time for many people yeah. all across the world especially here in the UK or you know even in developed countries it's it, this decade is wild <laughs> and in this wild decade that w- we're living in I think it's very important to communicate that These simple practices that we're speaking about today, they are very simple. Don't take them for granted. Don't take it for granted how simple actions just as, you know, uh, waking up and saying one thing that you're grateful for or before you go to sleep, think of one good thing that happened today can help you transform your reality in your life. And especially in these challenging times where all around you, you can be here and just all the negativity and, and how everything is wrong with the world. Um, that's the power, that's the power of our mind. That's the power of our reality that we can come together as a collective and start thinking of ways we can shape a better future.
0: Yeah, honestly, I find it really inspiring because no one will know this, but you guys know this. I'm about to go on a digital detox this weekend, which everyone listening to this will probably laugh and be like, just put your phone away. But it's true and in an essence, it's harder than it. You know, I've created a really awful habit of waking up. The first thing I do is look at my phone. I, w- my phone is my work and it's it's not a good habit to be in. I'm very aware that the habits that I've created and, um, but also you need that time, right? You need this headspace to start getting into this mindset because it can be very hard to cultivate this way of thinking If you're in a cycle Um, and something that I'm going to do this weekend that's helped me in the past and I thought I'd share this to see if this you know might help somebody after listening to this podcast Um, and I've been doing it for three years not the digital detox but taking some time and writing a letter to myself in six months' time, um, writing things of you know what I would like to have achieved in that time, um, goals within my personal life, goals within my and I say goals, but kind of things that I'm hoping for um, and things that I want to envisage happen in my life, um, where I want to be in my work, you know, my home life, all of these different pillars that we have, and I think we can easily segregate work and life very differently, but they are one. You know, we work eight hours of our day, it becomes kind of part of our overall life. It becomes part of how it affects our relationships. Um, And then I write that letter, write down kind of three key things and I speak to myself in present tense. And so I'm using that present tense language. So I'm writing to myself as as I'm sitting there in six months time. And then I date the letter and then I open the letter in six months time and I reread it. And do you know what the really interesting thing is? Every time I've reread it, those things have happened. And I'm gonna be skeptical here and say something you probably would disagree with. I don't, I'm not a manifestation person. That's not where where my brain sits. I'm not for or against it. But for me, I visualize it in a way of, if I don't think about these things, I'm never gonna have them in my vision. So it's planting that seed to know that I've started a thought process. And it's interesting how that develops. And I'd honestly really advocate that for anyone at home, just to write this letter to themselves in the present tense.
1: Both of us will have lots to say on this topic. <laughs> uh, the, uh, there is science to this. And I love
0: that you're doing this, not me. Yeah. Great, go.
1: <laughs> and this is also uh, what was one of the pillars that has shaped uh, us creating the five-minute journal. So there's a part of our brain called the reticuling activating system. So RAS. And this is a part of our brain that helps us focus. As we're here right now, as Mimi is is talking, I'm able to focus on her. As you're speaking, I'm able to focus on you, maybe some other people in the background or things happening or cars outside or the different noises. But when I'm present, I'm able to be present with you because that part of our brain helps us to have that focus and presence with that subject matter that we have in life. And the same thing it is used by when we communicate something or some, somebody brings something to our attention. There's somebody in the orange jumper. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I've never seen anybody in the orange jumper. But you brought that to my attention and my brain will never start picking it up and it will see it. So when you're creating that letter, when you're writing that letter to yourself, what you're doing is you're really activating that part of your brain to, cho- to choose and see those patterns in the real world. And so your brain will then help you navigate towards coming closer to those patterns because you brought it out, you brought that awareness into real life. And this is really the idea around the five minute journal and, and why it's important to write the things that you're grateful for and what, you know, what, what will I do to make today great. Also looking forward towards, The future, looking into the day and how you're going to shape your your day. For yourself, it's looking into the six months or 12 months, whatever it may be, or five years, however you want that horizon to be. But shaping and focusing your brain to help you recognize those patterns. And you can do the same thing in the negative, right? And that's what most people do. They focus on the negative. They say, how, you know, start complaining, all that stuff. And that same part of your brain can be, once again, used for good or bad. Mm. So then, that brain will then say, okay, great. You're telling me to focus on the negative. I'll bring you out all the negative to say. Because there is no right and wrong. Yeah. The brain is just there to help you just do what you, what you want it to do. Yeah. And this is why I think it's a very powerful. So I'm actually very curious of Mimi of your I think uh,
2: manifesting is getting a bad rep because yeah. of the way people abuse the word. It's important to define what that means to you. Yeah. To me, manifestation has just become very becoming very clear what are my values? What are my yeah. defining most important values that I live by? And what is my desired vision of the reality I want to create? Because once you have those two, you know where you're going. As another famous quote goes, if you don't know where you're going, you'll end up somewhere else. You have to decide if you want to Mm -hmm. be a creator of your life, that this is the reality I want to experience. If you're not happy in this moment and you don't change anything, where do you think you will be in five years? Right? You can answer your own question. It's like my work day. If I
0: don't plan what my work day is, I don't know where my work day is going to go. I could just be sat behind emails. Or, you know, I don't become productive. Whereas if I write down kind of three things in that day that I need to achieve, I have to make time to achieve them. Otherwise, I will literally, I don't know, do washing, make a call, answer an email. And I kind of get to the end of the day and I'm like, what have I, what have I done? Mm-hmm. And
2: that structure is important. So going back to manifesting, to me, it is about being specific about my desires and my wishes of what I want to experience in my reality. And then working towards them, taking actions, because without the action, obviously you won't be able to get there.
1: And to your example of productivity, that is so true. This is also with our company, Intelligence Change. That's why we're focused around creating products to help you create a positive change in your life, whether it be through gratitude or through productivity. Because same thing in my experience, if you're not creating that structure for yourself, and I'm the most you know, free spirit. I don't want to have any structure. And that's the reason why I became an entrepreneur because I don't want to be nine to five. <laughs> However, what you learn, if you really want to accomplish and create the things that you know, that say even we've created, it all takes just a small effort. You know, In our productivity planner, the framework is you, know, you just focus on doing three to five tasks a day, but in ways of priority. So meaning your most important task of the day is your first task. And even if you just do this one task, right? Your focus is just, it's not even, forget about even three to five. What's one thing? What's the one most important thing that you can do today in order to help you move forward towards creating that dream or building that business or uh, creating that relationship, whatever it may be? Just one thing. And I think most people in life will have a hundred things that they want to do and they'll usually start doing the, the stuff that feels easier or comfortable or they'll they'll do it. But they're not doing the most important thing that actually really needs to be done in life. So in order to manifest, to create your life, start also putting together those actions. And then it can be a small action. Just one action a day for 30 minutes on that thing. Over time, it really compounds. And that's how mm. you're able to make that transformation. Because when I look back... I look at myself like I'm a pretty lazy person to, to a certain degree. I don't want to state that, kind of also even communicate, but I'm just stating the reality. Most people will look from the outside and be like, wow, you've done all this. You built and sold the business. You've, you know, building another building. You sold millions of copies of, of your products. If I look back, it's really small actions. It's not like I'm, I'm working day and night. It's just be uh, having that ability to focus as Mimi said, on the things that align with your values and the things that you wanna create in your life.
0: Well, it it reminds me of one of my favorite anecdotes that I think most people have heard of, but if they haven't, it's like, focus on the step and not the staircase. And I have to remind myself, because I'm that person with that hundred things, and actually it's, no know, what's my priorities right now? What do I need to action? I really hope you're enjoying this chat, but I'm gonna pause it for just a second to thank my sponsor that has made it all possible. Lima are the ultimate wellness brand right now, and they've completely revolutionized what a supplement can be. Live Well Be Well is all about finding evidence about ways to improve your physical and mental health, which is why I am so excited to have Lima on board. Because we're all too familiar with the symptoms of stress, poor sleep, problem skin, or inflammation, Lima's award-winning supplement contains 10 powerful ingredients, all in one unique formula. So you don't have to worry about the hassle of taking multiple supplements. But listen to this though, and this is why they're one of my favorite wellness and beauty brands. They've created a game-changing device called Lima Laser, It's the world's most powerful at-home laser and can transform your skin in as little as 12 weeks. You can use it to help treat so many major skin conditions and it's safe for all skin tones and types with zero pain or downtime. It's also completely safe to use around the eyes despite it being 100 times more powerful than LED. Lima is an award-winning brand trusted by household names like Ellie Goulding and Victoria Beckham. You may have also spotted Gwyneth Paltrow, Hailey Bieber and Kim Kardashian all raving about the Lima lasers on Instagram. So experience the Lima difference and begin your journey to a more vibrant you. Don't let life's ups and downs hold you back. Visit lima.life forward slash podcast. That's Lima L-Y-M-A dot life slash podcast today to receive four months of Lima's award-winning supplement for just the price of three because there's no better feeling than feeling your best. Okay, so we're going to go on to a couple of questions from the people that would love to hear from you personally. So this is from Emily. She has asked what has been the biggest challenges that they're happy to share they have faced.
2: For me, it would have to be um, depression, anxiety around the age of 23. Funny enough, um, this is the, they say your brain stops growing around 25. So I feel like I felt there was a shift mentally happening in that moment. But also what happened at, around that age is we got married and we started a business. So a lot of great things happened. But at the same time, in that moment, when the good things happen, you start feeling safe. And then when you feel safe, you start releasing trauma. So a lot of my trauma from, I guess, (laughs) the first 23 years of my life started releasing around that time, which was a very scary period of my time. And at the moment, I thought, This is it. Like, how am I going to live? You know, it was crippling anxiety to the point where I couldn't fly. I couldn't even go into a lift. I couldn't, and I'm an extrovert. I love being around people, but I couldn't go to um, any gatherings with lots of people. I just even developed social anxiety at that very short period of my life. And as difficult and crippling as that experience was... It pushed me to look inside, and it we talked about it uh, off the camera and off the mics, but it pushed me into doing a lot of inner work, and mm-hmm. that's how I discovered meditation. I went on this silent meditation retreat for 11 days. It's called Vipassana. They have centers all around the world, and it was the most difficult but the most powerful thing that I have done for myself that helped me release a lot of trauma and go back to living, so... For anybody who is struggling with mental health, don't struggle alone. Look for help. There are answers, and I'm a great example. I'm definitely on the other side, it's been many years. It's not that I never experience fears or never feel anxious, but whenever I do, I remind myself it's within my power to use the tools available, such as gratitude, such as meditation, to realign, to breathe well. Again, exercising is also huge in mental health, but there are answers you don't need to suffer unless you choose to Mm. you have the power to change your reality
0: yeah wow that's amazing that's so powerful and i also just want to add in there because i know that you said this off camera for anyone listening um you did try the pastner a couple of times and also i want to mention because it's something that i didn't realize and i think a lot of people will link that to privilege it's free service
2: yes um and so anyone can go Absolutely. Vipassana is free. If you mm. complete it, so the first time I was telling you, sharing the story earlier today, the first time I went, I had a, a misconception about meditation. I thought it's easy and zen and I'm just going to bliss there. And then I sat there with myself and all these things started resurfacing and I didn't know how to handle it. And it was just overwhelming. So I ran away on day three. I still think it was helpful. but <laughs> So helpful. Order- and so helpful <laughs> to people to hear this. but if you leave early they won't even take your donation so the whole thing is free you can stay there for 10 days, 11 almost and they feed you and if you finish it and you feel like it's benefited you then you can donate whatever you can afford to donate and I love the purity of that and Vipassana is all about just breath and your bodily sensation there's nothing else Mm. there's no visualization it's just working with what is that's what I really love about it and I struggled a lot. I'm an extrovert. So, for me, it was one of the most difficult things I had to do. I literally thought I was going to die. I remember I told Alex, I cannot go there. I'm going to die. He said, Well, if you die, you die. You have to face it. And then I knew um, I have to. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Powerful words from you
1: there, Alex. If you die, <laughs>
0: you
2: die. <laughs> uh, oh.
1: <laughs> tough, tough love. <laughs> uh, I, I think for me, obviously, we've covered many of them. Uh, so, definitely. Mm having my father pass away was uh, very difficult and challenging um however as we chat about very uplifting uh, in regards to seeing the um, the opportunity in life that life gives you that death is one of the as steve jobs said one of the best inventions in life it keeps us un most i think a lot of us are sleepwalking to be honest i think i want to say that too uh we don't we don't want to confront death and that we will die one day. However, it's a very, you know, tough pill to swallow, but once you swallow it and you live with it, you're like, let's make the best of life. Uh, so that's one challenge is facing death, uh, but also be able to understand the beauty of life um, and to make most of the everyday.
0: Gosh, I should feel like I should have ended on this question. <laughs> thank you, Emily, for giving that in. Um, the last one, and Tony. What is their definition of happiness?
1: For me, happiness is being and feeling good with yourself, with your body, with your mind, with being able to look yourself in the mirror. To me, that is happiness. Happiness is, is being safe in my own body with our own, my own mind and not being hard on myself. Mm-hmm. To me, that is happiness. So, so like, I know people can think of whatever about me, But as long as I'm happy with myself and I approach the day in that way, I'm happy. (laughs) And and I think that's the most important thing for me, at least, is is having that uh, state uh, with myself.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to agree with Alex. I think for me, it is also feeling good inside and feeling joy and energy to live life. Mm. Because that is fundamental Mm. to everything else in life. That kind of inner space is just contentment, isn't it?
0: It's finding that like contentment and peace within yourself, and then happiness just kind of follows it, I think. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I'm saying bye now, but for anyone who is on Apple, I'm gonna ask you one extra question. So if you're an Apple subscriber, you will hear an interesting question um, on the 80-20 principle that I wanna ask you guys. But um, for anyone who's not on Apple subscription, thank you so much for coming on the podcast it has been a morning full of richness and i'm very thankful and very grateful for your time this morning um i know we've had a few tech difficulties um not that anyone will know by the time they listen to this podcast but i'm really grateful just for the richness of ending my week with such inspiring conversations with you two and inviting me to your beautiful home and just taking the time and the space to do this so thank you so much it's gonna I feel like I should do this every time before I go on digital (laughs) detox to write my letter. I now feel very inspired. Um, For anyone who is listening to this and wants to know more, I would just love you to explain to everybody about intelligent change And who hasn't heard about the 5-Minute Journal um, and also how people can reach out to you um, on Instagram.
1: Thank you so much, Sarah, for having us. We're super appreciative and it's been an enlightening conversation. Um, For anybody that wants to find out more about us, you can find us also on socials, Alex Icon, Mimi Icon, I-K-O-N-N. the website intelligencechange.com and intelligence change we're really on the mission to help one percent of the global population create a positive change in their lives we really believe that a company should exist to want to see how we can help people live better lives and that's what i'm personally and we're personally really excited about. uh, And this is really just the beginning. So look out for Intelligent Change. You can follow us also on socials. We have a great uh, weekly newsletter where we just bring a lot of uh, uh, great insights uh, to just help you see the good that exists in this world.
2: Thank you for having us. I really enjoyed our conversation. And uh, yeah, I have a YouTube channel as well. If you want to dig into that, it's Mimi Icon. Amazing guys Thank you so much And can you just give Intelligent Changes Instagram handle
0: as well so at Yeah intelligent. At
1: intelligent Change
0: There we go I just want to make sure we got all the information In there It will be in the show notes Thank you so much For tuning in To what a richness conversation I hope You can start your day Week evening On uh, one moment of gratitude So Thank you so much guys One last thing I've created something just for you. It's a 30 day online course to give your well-being journey that extra boost and it's totally free. Go to sarahannmacklin.com to download it now. There's a link in the description and I'll see you on the next episode.